You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, this morning, I know our time, we're already long, uh, but hang with me for a few moments. The Lord is working, and there's just a few verses that I want us to bring us through um, and I'm going to kind of work, um, uh, is that James in the back on the, on the slides, brother? Uh, just try to stick with me. Um, there is certainly something God is doing, and the way I've described it in my notes, and let's go to this first slide, that I just believe that God is raising up a remnant. He's raising up a remnant, a faithful few, rediscovering something of old, Something simple, something true, and he's stirring inside of people. And I believe that there's a remnant in every church, every city. Last night, I sat next to a gentleman in his 80s, and uh, he just had the biggest smile on his face, him and his wife, and he came in with a cane, and, and uh, he sat down next to me, and uh, he, uh, he asked me, he said, Hey, he said, do you remember the revival back in the 60s and the 70s? And I said, I was like, no. I'm like, how old do you think I am? You know, I was like a little offended. But, uh, uh, but I was like, man, no. And he said, I have been a part of every move of God in this church since the 60s. And uh, I mean, his heart was just, and he's out on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock at night praying with a bunch of young people. And uh, it just touched my heart. And, and I believe that there's a remnant here at the Gateway Church. And I just believe it's time for us to continue to, uh, to see God move, to put down our idols, to rebuild some temples. And ultimately, we need to repent. And today, the message is a is a message of repentance. I was supposed to be at a, another church. We were going to flip-flop again with the coastal community. Earlier this week, we decided that wasn't going to happen. And I just think that God, in his sovereignty, had us uh, cancel that, uh, which was no big thing. And, uh, but it gave me an opportunity in this prayer series to talk about confession because uh, it wasn't part of the original plan. And I'll tell you, talking about confession is not my favorite thing. We are not used to um, talking about confession in the assemblies of God. There are other church traditions that that's a little more uh, typical or whatever. But, uh, but I want to bring us to a couple verses that will lay a groundwork for us then to respond today. I'll start in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, I read this a couple weeks ago, and it says this. Uh, it says, in one night, the Lord appeared to Solomon. He said, I have heard your prayer. And I just want to say, <laughs> pause, lean in for a second. You've been praying. You've been fasting. You've been knocking on the door as long as it takes. We've talked about that, right? And I'll tell you, God is answering. He hears every prayer. And it says he has chosen this temple. I believe that he's chosen the Gateway Church but also our own temple, our own being for each of us to make a place of sacrifice. Verse 14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and here it is, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and restore their land. 
the background of that story. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. You can go back and look at the context there. But I just want you to know God hears our prayers, and he hears our prayer of repentance and of confession, turning from our wicked ways. Another very common verse that you'll hear a lot in church circles if you've been around, and if you're newer to church, you'll hear it at some point, and you're going to hear it now, but Jeremiah 29, 11. In fact, my guess is, uh, if I say Jeremiah 29, 11, how many are like, that sounds familiar when I read it, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Is that familiar? For a lot of us it is. It says, there are plans for good and not to, uh, for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And that, but I want to go to the next verse that we don't often uh, include this. And the next couple of verses are really powerful. It says, in those days, and I'm just declaring, those days are today. God is moving, right? In those days, when you pray, we've been praying as a church. We've been seeking the face of God. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, seek after God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will find me. I will be found in you. The backstory of this one is quite interesting. At that point in history, God's people had been booted out of God's country. They were living in Babylon in an idol-infested uh, ungodly area. They were in exile. They were like orphans or like refugees. Uh, they found themselves in a place that was very ungodly. There are people today that have described America, uh, that America is like Babylon, that we are living in Babylon. And I think there's a lot of parallels. I think it's a, a fair comparison that we are living in a post Christian culture, uh, we are, uh, that is, it's hard to say, but it's the truth. But even in the culture that we are in, church, God answers hungry hearts. And hungry hearts, when you wholeheartedly are pursuing God, it will lead to repentance, to confession. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. It would be the theme verse for today it is this. It says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sin might be wiped out. When that was written, they would write on papyrus and you could take a cloth and after something was written, and it was almost like a dry erase board, you could erase it, and it would be gone. That's the image there. Repent and your ser- of your sins, turn to God, and your sins will be wiped out. Then the times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. That's what we're seeing all over the nation, people just being refreshed in the presence of God, which is amazing. And he will, again, send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. I love that. Even in the Lord's Prayer, it talks about repentance. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then forgive us our debts. There's forgiveness. There's confession. And when I say repent or repentance, 
it means turning away. It's not just being sorry for your sin or, ah, sorry I got caught or anything like that. No, it's I was moving one way, and now I'm turning the opposite way. It's a 180 degree. And in that verse, those couple verses there, leave it up there, Acts 3, 19 and 20, two things. One, you're going to get your sins blotted out, right, erased, which is amazing. The Bible says God takes our sin. When we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he takes our sin as far as the east is from the west. In other words, he doesn't hold it against us, and it's, it's forever, forever gone. And then, secondly, times of refreshing. Ultimately, there will be a time of refreshing when Jesus returns for the church or when we get to heaven. But even today, there can be moments, times of refreshing. And I'm just convinced that every sensible person wants their sins to be blotted out. If that's you, you're saying, man, I do not want my sins to be held against me. Come on. I, I, that's, everybody here would say yes. And every weary person wants times of refreshing. And how does that happen? By confession, through repentance. But let's just be honest. There are barriers that we all face. We, uh, we want an awakening. We want, you know, but we're all fighting against our sin nature, attitudes, motives. We're all fighting against idols. And this morning, I was asking some of the team, hey, what kind of idols, you know, come to mind? And possessions, personal happiness, the American dream. Uh, Pastor Sean was saying sports or fitness. And, and then he kind of gave me a look, a little wink, and he said, image. Or what did you say? Oh, you said vanity, like I had a problem. <laughs> Chains out, baby. <laughs> It's okay, I won't hold, hold it out for you, or I won't hold it against you. Uh, Bonnie, uh, our assistant in the office, she said a job could be an idol, our work or entertainment, social media, Pastor Jamie was saying comparison, uh, comparing people, um, sex, sexual identity. There are so many things that could be idols in our lives, and, uh, and we all have idols. In fact, at the end of first service, uh, one of our former elders uh, spoke up and, and uh, said, look, we all have idols. And I really appreciate him saying that. We, what happens is we worship on Sunday. We're in a, a situation like this, and you're like, man, the God is moving, and it's exciting. But then we go back to our idols all week long. And then we come back to church and get, and then we come back, and it's like the Lord is speaking to us today to get our lives right to humble ourselves, seek his face, repent. A few years back, 1998, in fact, not in the 60s or 70s. I was barely born in the 70s. But uh, um, I was fresh out of college. I was a kid's pastor. In our church, uh, we decided to take a couple busloads of people down to Brownsville, uh, to Pensacola, Florida, to the Brownsville Revival. How many heard about the Brownsville Revival back in the mid-90s? It was, it was a thing. Uh, it started in 1995. It was 1998. I uh, made our trip uh, to, or I started my job, and then within a few months, we made a trip down to Brownsville. 
And I will tell you that I was a kid's pastor. I have a soft heart towards the Lord. I always have. Um, I loved, um, I was working in the ministry. I had people, leaders with me on this trip. And, and uh, Jessica was there with me. And to my surprise, I didn't really have all that many expectations. I didn't know what to expect going. Uh, although the worship was phenomenal. That, that was kind of a, a staple at that point. Um, but anyway... Um, I, we got to the first night after spending an entire day outside waiting in line to get into church. Uh, you don't see that very often, uh, but we're seeing that now uh, a little bit with Asbury and, and other places. It's, it's awesome. But, but anyway, um, I, that night, when it came down to the altar call, they gave a salvation call, and I had grown up in church. <laughs> I mean, I would say that I'd never have been away from God, really. I do say that March, or uh, not March, um, November 12th, 1985 is when I gave my heart to Jesus. That's when my grandma led me to the Lord. I wrote it in my Bible. I've shared that story before. But there was something in that moment when the altar call was given that I knew I had to be at the altar. There was nothing, no one that was going to stop me. And when they gave the altar call, I was at the altar and I had to just put aside all my pride, like, oh, you're a leader on this trip. Oh, you're, a, you're one of the pastors. What's wrong with you? It didn't matter. I needed to get my heart right with Jesus. And there was a purity of heart and of mind that God was wanting to stir inside of me. And it's really not, no surprise. We see this in Scripture. In fact, I want you, we're going to look at our longest passage here, but in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, it says this. It says, imitate God. That's a tough one. It says, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. We are sons and daughters of Jesus, right, of God, right? And so we should imitate him. It says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice. Uh, and I love that. And then in verse 3, it gets real specific about idols, about sin. It says this. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, no impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse joking, these are not for you. That's what God's word says. Instead, let there be thankfulness. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Anything you place in front of God is an idol. We all, at times, have idols. And then in verse 6, this caught my attention this week. It says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins. This is important. We brush it off. It's not that big a deal. Our sensitivity meter is real low. And I'm telling you, the more you wholeheartedly go after the Lord, your sensitivity towards the things of God should increase. I know it does for me. Don't let them try to excuse your sins or their sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. 
Don't participate in these things that, peop that people do. For the once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light of the Lord. So live as people of the light. The light of Jesus is inside of us. It says, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And uh, just a couple more verses here, and then we're going to pray. Uh, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil or darkness. Instead, expose them. We're supposed to look back to that list, sexual immorality, impurity. Those are pretty blatant. Those are hard to admit in a crowd, but we need to find a place to confess those things. Um, things that are lesser, at least in our minds sometimes, obscene stories, things you watch, foolish talking, coarse jokes, any of those things. There's other lists in the Bible as well. It says, carefully determine what pleases God, verse 10. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. We should bring them into the light. And then, the point is here that there's just no excuse for sin. We are calling to see an awakening. Uh, on the last verse there, if you go to the next slide, verse 14 says, For the light makes everything visible. This is why we say, awake, O sleeper. And unfortunately, uh, the church in many respects has been asleep, and the Lord is stirring, and he's waking us up, and it's exciting to see what God wants to do. And the neat thing is that God, in his kindness, he leads us to repentance. He's not a heavy-handed guy. Uh, he, yes, he's the best convictor. The Holy Spirit convicts us, but it, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, to say, I'm sorry. And God, in his kindness today, is wanting to speak to hearts today. I'm going to skip the last verse and talk about the Moravians for a moment. Back in 1727, the Moravian people, uh, there was a movement of God that was uh, awakened a bunch of people, and it started with 24 men and 24 women, 24 brothers, 24 sisters. And literally, this is, the, this is uh, in church history, it's a fact, that around-the-clock prayer, 24-hour prayer, lasted for over 100 years. That's, that's incredible. This is over just almost 300 years ago. So 1727 were the Moravians. And you think, man, what in the world was God doing? Well, you look at the results and you study church history. There were thousands of missionaries called and commissioned in that time frame to reach the, to the ends of the earth. I was talking with my daughter, and uh, as you know, she lives overseas, and so we were talking about what's happening here in America, and she was all excited. And she said, she said to me, Dad, and this was unprovoked, she said, Dad, what I hope this accomplishes is more people, more workers going to tell people about the greatest news to the ends of the earth. And then the next day, I was reading Smith Wigglesworth, and back in 1947, he's a revivalist, 1947, so some of you were alive then, right, Rocky? Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't, I'm just kidding, just kidding. But some of you were alive 
If you were alive in 1947, let me see your hand. Come on. We got a few. I know we do. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. That was when you were born? Wow. Wow. I'm just kidding. That's my father-in-law. I'm giving him a hard time. But he was quoted to say that the move of the Spirit, revival, that the outpouring, he said, and he was prophetically speaking, would result in a missions movement to the ends of the earth. See, the point of all of this, it's Jesus. It's about repentance and confession, bringing people to the Lord. And today, I just believe that God, he's wanting to refresh our hearts, refresh your hearts, and it starts with confession. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And uh, first service, I had a, uh, a testimony by a gentleman that attends our church. His name is Jordan Hahn. And uh, totally unsolicited, uh, I had met with him earlier this week, and I was like, man, you need to share your testimony. And you can go back and listen to his testimony. But he came with Psalm 24 um, on his, he read Psalm 24, the first part, the first six verses, and then shared his testimony. And he told me that before he heard me preach, before I, these other things. You can't tell me that God wasn't working. And I just want to read Psalm 24. If you'd close your eyes and just bow your heads, listen to what it says. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the, on the ocean's depths. Verse 3 says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. With your head continue to be bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to ask for those of you that the Lord is stirring and you are sensing that you need forgiveness this morning. You need to confess your sins. You need to repent. If that's you, I'm going to ask that you, in this moment, with every head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around right now, I want you just to stand up right where you are, and I want you to come and find a place at the altar. Right where you are. The Lord is stirring. They say, man, I need to get my life right with the Lord. Or I, there's something that's holding me back, yeah. This is not a trick. This is not a, <laughs> uh, I do not want this to be emotional uh, other than the, what God wants to do. I just, we just want to give you an opportunity to put into practice what God is stirring. God, I believe in his providence, allowed for us to get another message in this prayer series about confession. 
And the truth is, we're not all that good at confession. Uh, maybe if you're from a different background, that it comes maybe a little easier. But if you're here and you're saying, man, I, the Lord is pricking my heart. If your heart is pounding, a little, racing a little bit, I just want you to be bold. And I'm, I'm just going to give you another moment to find yourself here at the altar. Just take a move, make a move. see us doing this this service necessarily but first service we got to a point where we were taking the microphone around and people were saying what idols they have in their lives that they need to confess just kind of give up and man I appreciated people stepping forward and I shared first for me, just so you know, and I've shared this before, I struggle with identity at times with the best of them and with stuff and possessions can become idols and even my image. I know Pastor uh, Sean wasn't trying to condemn me this morning talking about vanity, but I can get caught up in the way I look or the things that I wear or different things like that, the car I drive. And Sometimes I just need to confess that. Another gentleman stood up and said, man, I, I struggle with judging other people. Sometimes I feel like I'm better than others. And he says, I know I'm not. What do you, what do you struggle with? What idol needs to be confessed or you need repentance for this morning? Someone else said, man, I've got pride. And these are kind of the big ones, right? The big ones that are easy to talk about, but there's others that are not so easy to talk about. I am convinced that in a room this size, there are people that drink too much, that has struggle with your language. There are certainly, statistically, people that are struggling with pornography in the room. Don't let excuses what did it say back of my note no excuse right don't try to excuse these sins some of you have allowed obscene stories or foolish talk coarse jokes and again I don't, I'm just saying look at some point we all have an idol there's something in our lives that comes between us and God and before we move on I just want to give you an opportunity who else needs to say, man, Pastor, I, I need to confess my sin. I need to repent of something in my life. I want you just to stand right where you are, and I want you to join those that have come forward. Yeah. Trust me, there's no shame. <laughs> this, is, this is a safe place. All right.
Now, the rest of you, I'm going to ask that you would stand, and I'm going to ask you to come anyway. I'm going to ask that you move from where you are, and I want us to just fill the altar and create an opportunity for God in His presence, a hunger and a thirst, a refreshing. And for those of you that were calling out and saying, hey, I need forgiveness, I I just want you just in your own words, I don't even need to lead you in a prayer. I just want you just to say, God, please forgive me. And the promise is that when we ask God to forgive us, He will bring a refreshing, He will pour out His Spirit. And that's exactly what I believe God wants to do all across this place. And if you're still tracking with us online, don't get off yet. Just worship with us. And Lord, I just pray that in this moment, God, you would meet us in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord together. All right. We're going to do something different this service. Instead of going around with a microphone and saying things publicly, I do want you to find one or two people, um, husbands and wives, perfect, no problem. Otherwise, men with men, women with women. And I just want you to share briefly what is the idol, what is the thing that you struggle with most that would keep you from the Lord or, or separate you at times from the Lord. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's just, what, where's the hard, hard moments? And uh, I want you to share that and then just pray for one another. And uh, I want, you know, again, husbands and wives, great, no problem. Otherwise, let's just partner up and find, uh, find somebody. Uh, again, guys with guys, girls with girls, otherwise. And uh, let's just take a moment to do that. Share what is the thing, the idol, the, the, uh, the thing that uh, is hard. And then let's pray for each other, okay? I don't know about you, but that was powerful to be able to share in a smaller way. And I know that confession is hard. To to speak the truth is hard. Lord, help us. Help us. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. (laughs) It's so so exciting to see God at work, stirring, moving. And I I think the thing that gripped me the most is it always comes back to repentance, a heart that's soft for the Lord. And not only repentance for ourselves, but this should make a difference the rest of the week. Uh, We should be on fire sharing the good news. And if it's not, what we've done here is, I'll just say it's less valuable. I mean, this is good, but I'm telling you where it really gets exciting is when you're reaching your one, when you're speaking up and saying, you know what, let's not talk that way, or you know what, we're not going to watch that, or you know what, we're going to uh, you know, do something different, or whatever the case might be take a stand or when you share your faith and just like the Moravians that prayed for a hundred years 24 hours the result was a missions movement and we're a missions church and for some reason I just it was stirred in me to to kind of bring it to that point and I know that there are missionaries in this room future missionaries 
And I'm telling you, what's happening here in your heart and in your minds right now is that God is preparing you for what he has. And I'm speaking to some empty nesters in the room, older people that will become missionaries, young people, just prophetically, we, we know that uh, over the next decade, we will see more missionaries sent from the Gateway Church. But again, it comes back to that repentance piece. Keep us humble, Lord. Keep our hearts pure before you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bobby, any final thoughts? I feel encouraged to mention if you've made a decision to follow Jesus or if you're kind of on the fence this morning, right after this, right now, we're having a baptism class. Um, And I don't know if this is for anyone. Maybe it's not. But I've just felt prompted that, man, if someone decided today is the day, um, I need to make that decision. Today is that day I want to be baptized. Today is that day I want to follow in obedience, that I want to change and make that decision. Um, come and just check out the class, see what it's about. Um, you don't even commit to necessarily being baptized. You're just committing to saying, hey, I'm interested in learning more. Um, that's really the only thing I have. So, so I'll close. So <laughs> uh, let's pray. Um, Lord, just thank you for all that you've forgiven me for. Lord, just thank you even uh, for this past week, uh, reflecting with Pastor Ben and with others just about um, how tired I've been and how that's led me to even being a little grumpy. And uh, Lord, I just thank you that you are gracious and compassionate and you're good and you are more gracious on me than ever uh, than I can ever be on myself, Lord. And I just uh, ask, Lord, that you would just forgive us uh, for all the wrongs that we've done. But Lord, even forgive us for the right things that we didn't do for the inaction in our lives, that, Lord, it, it's, it's one thing to not do sin, but, Lord, it's another thing to not do justice. So, Lord, we just pray against the sin in our lives, and we pray that we can be people of justice, of love, of truth, following after you, Lord, that it's not just about laying our old life aside, but it's about picking up our cross and following after you. So I pray today we would be people who pick up our cross, who walk out of this place, following in your footsteps of love, of hospitality, of justice, of charity, Lord. We give you all the grace and glory and honor and know that as we go, you'll be before us, behind us, and all around us every single step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.